Hello and welcome to Bogies and Ghoulies' exciting adventure in space with a ghost! I know, right? I've often thought how exciting it would be for a ghost to be in space. I have all that room to play. Um, if you like this story, let me know. Quirkyvoices at gmail.com Or hit me up at quirkyvoices on the Twitters. Please be advised that some of this is scary. Some of this is silly. And all of it's from my brain. Ghost in Space stars Fiona Thrale as Doreen Davilo. Boo. And Robert Cudmore as Dave. He's an astronaut. And your narrator is me, Sarah Golding. Hello. So, sit comfortably, relax, and enjoy. Ghost in Space. said the happy, fun-filled ghost in space as its own inside joke from inside itself because it could do that, it had found, to a passing comet when the comet, as it passed by very, very quickly, determinedly focused forward like someone trying to avoid someone holding out a leaflet on foot at a shopping centre but whizzing by even quicker than that like times 20,000 and coldly and with no aim, no thought, no needs but to push on because like... Comets don't speak, let alone understand English ghost humour in space. Oh, for a muse of something, anything, ghost in space! and danced and backstroked and boogalooed and wriggled across time and space, not remembering where they'd come from or what they were really doing or why they were doing it. They did, however, remember that they had some memory. Grass, sky, shoes, smells, smelly shoes. They didn't sleep. Not now, but were they woke? Who knows? If you saw them, what would they look like? Hmm? If you want to, you can draw them in the air or on your own paper as you listen or on the car window in your own outward breath. Listen and create. Have fun! <laughs> planet! Shouted the ghost in space excitedly whilst doing the backstroke through nothing and feeling mischievous. A bluesy, greenery, brownsy, wispy white planet and a moon and a... <gasps> Oh, bluey, green, metally, whitey, fun-looking spaceship. Oh, hooray, some friends to play with at last. Ghost in Space whistled an unknown tune in a ghosty, whistly way and put its most concentrated and sinister of facial expressions on, hurtling determinedly towards quite far away but steadily approaching spaceship, heart set on causing mischief and getting there to meet people as fast as they could. They said... It took a little while, so it was a very long woo. I mean, if they had actual vocal cords, they would be ripped to shreds, to be honest, as they were a good 30,000 miles away from the rotating spaceship. And that's a long way to woo. Now, because of the complication of maths of time and being in existence as a ghost for a long, 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 long time, it had a great viewpoint of the known universe. An amazing eyesight honed over many, 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 many years of ghostificating. No... Ghostificating is not a real word, but it could be. 
everyone through coloured gases shaped like unicorns and buses and wibbly wobbly weird shapes with no name and past busy moving probes or missions or lost and crackling radiation jettisoning sunspots and populated asteroid belts and stray space junk with and without blinking lights to finally float smoothly, gently, waving in a friendly manner outside the tiny viewing windows of the Solaris 7. The Solaris 7 was a sturdy, single rotating rocket ship permanently bound for the moon. Two occupants, one mission, and no idea there was a ghost haunting it. You could see with its ghostly eyes two occupants. It held up its ghostly hands to its ghostly eyes, pretending they were binoculars. It remembered using binoculars, and on viewing was very excited to see two people inside the Solaris 7. But something did not seem right. Something did not seem right at all. Inside Spaceship Solaris 7 was chaotic, to say the least. There was classical music bursting through all the rooms on the ship, a sinister edge to it, making the a little uneasy. And so, their wave slowed down a little. The mission of Solaris 7 had been for astronaut Dave and a dedicated specialist permanent moon abode crew to pioneer the first permanent mission to the moon. No going back. Moon or nothing. Yet... On the initiation of takeoff, the other six valuable members of the crew had been forced out of the flight deck, down the lift, over the hills, and far away by none other than Master Criminal Dory Davila, marched away on cyber boots given coordinates to watch over the hills and far away, which was rather a very long way indeed, all programmed by the mysterious, mischievous maniac Doreen Davila. Who is Doreen Davila? Hmm. Great question. So let's hear this clip from a holometry. That's a holographic documentary aired on all satellite networks one cold Christmas Eve in 2142. Hello. Yes, my name is Doreen DeVillo. Yes, it is true. I am a member of one of the richest crime families on this earth. Look at my face and weep that you are not mighty me. Survey and humbly bow to the power in my hind legs, my biceps, and my eyebrows. Yes, I can open carved doors with my eyebrows. You may ask how. That is a question you may ask. Well, ask it then. Uh, how do you like opening guard doors with your eyes? In 2092, the year I was born, my family pioneered cyborg nanotechnology, harnessing power from kinetic energy. Kinetic meaning, if you didn't know, and in this instance, the more you move, the more power or energy you gain. I am movement-fueled entirely by how much I actually move, plus use of one secret family ingredient, of which I am not at liberty to divulge. To put it bluntly, what I want, I get. I am a leader. I'm all about the power, and I will reign supreme. She then emitted ten-foot green and red flames from her pinky fingers with a maniacal banshee inhuman scream. <laughs> Then took the mic and bumped the interviewer over the head with it, stole the microphone and the interviewer's sandwich, and ran away, shouting, You can't catch me, I'm a cyborg. <laughs> Doreen was, it has to be said, Devilo by name and a devil by nature.
She was also a rather clumsy member of the Davilo family, always falling or tripping or bonking into things, as well as being slightly unlucky too in the wrong place, right time scenario. Her self-driving car had been hit by a falling tree in the flying tree storm of 2131. Oh, my legs! My legs! A treehouse home had been hit by a flying car in the electromagnetic reversal of 2142. Oh, my arms! And she herself on holiday in a flying treehouse sky mansion had plummeted the 20,000 feet to Earth and yet somehow survived in the human uprising against hybrid cyborg sky revolution of 2144. As a consequence of all these accidents, she was mostly made of her own family's cyber nanotech and hardly human at all. She became self-appointed leader. Well, she had the money to hire the rooms and make the t-shirts. Everyone loves a t-shirt. I don't love a t-shirt. Self-appointed leader to a cyborg new generation of Earth dwellers. Half human, half cyborg hybrids. With connectable internet, Wi-Fi capability and inbuilt coffee maker. Most adults do love a coffee. I don't love a coffee. And yet, alongside all that came an unstoppable, angry, jealous grudge against any human progress led ferociously from the front by Doreen Davilo. For this new breed, it was hybrid or not worth a thing in their continuing, focusing, in-out, in-out, wide-shot, close-up, stare-to-the-distance eyes. And right now, right this minute, Doreen Davilo, criminal mastermind, spaceship stealer, notorious tire-upper, was looking out of the Solaris 7's round window with her one red-functioning, multi-focusable, in-out, in-out, shake-it-all-about cyborg eye at a strange Waving smiley like apparition, whilst efficiently tying up astronaut Dave to his flight deck chair with her left super speedy cyborg arm with some Davilo brand gaffer nanotape. There's a, a, a. Sorry to interrupt my tying you to the chair with the gaffer nanotape, astronaut Dave. That's okay. You can set me free if you like. Um, no. Can you see that, Dave? Can you see that there? Through the round window there with your measly, pathetic little one-point-at-a-time focused human eyes, Dave. Can you? Hmm? Don't hurt me, Doreen. I, I bruise easily. I... I... No. I don't see anything. You've covered one of my eyes with the gaffer tape, and I, I, I kind of don't want to open the other one, so... Well, I can remove that quickly enough. My eye? The tape, for now. Ah! Yeah. Nice. Correct. It's on my CV under employment. 2132 to the actual current right now present. Not very nice. Huh. Can you see it now, Dave? There, through the round window. It's something very curious but hyper-exciting, astronaut Dave. Can you see it? Can you? Can you? Can you? Hmm? Yep. Just there. Look, Dave. Look. Look, look, look. Can you see it? I don't... Can you? Can you? Can you? Hmm? Yep. I don't see anything. It's a ghost, Dave. It's a real, honest-to-goodness, floating ghost. And, oh... I don't believe it. Shush, Dave, shush. I was soliloquizing. Bad Dave. Naughty, naughty Dave. Just speak when I tell you to. Or point at you. Hmm. Well, how deliciously exciting. A ghost. Do you know, Dave, that thing out there that you don't believe in, that I can see as clearly as the light reflecting off the moon, that beautiful little waving masu ghost, is all the kinetic energy I'd need to power this cybernetic body for a, for a millennia. Yes, 
Charge my nanos at large for most of your eternity, Dave. <laughs> I want it. I want it. And it will be mine. <laughs> Nilo stopped laughing abruptly, which means very, very, very quickly. Much quicker than it's taken me to say this sentence. And Cyber strode closer to the window and smiled. It wasn't a very nice smile, either. Her cyber black and shiny red teeth glinted in the spaceship ambient lighting and small, bright blue nanobugs crawled across and around them, making sure everything was at optimum temperature, capacity and function. Bless them. What a life. Dorian DeVillo sneered the following words behind the most scary smile ever formed. Come here, little tiny waving dancing hapless ghost. I would really, 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 really love to meet you. Really? Shush, Dave, or I will nanotape your mouth. Never interrupt me, really. I can't help myself. Really? I... Good. You pay attention. You may speak. I'm... I can't... I don't understand. Doreen, why are you doing this? Why did you let the crew go? They were really, really... Really, really oh, get on with it. important. I'm just the pilot. I can't do anything else. I just fly, take off, we eat, look out the window, marvel at our human endeavours. Humans are weak. I am not weak. I problem solve, dock, land. But it's all I can do. I, I don't even know how to work the coffee machine. I could just fly us from here to there. You mean that pithy planet to the moon? Yes. Only the moon. It's all I know how to do. Well, I haven't actually done it yet, but I've practiced every day forever, it seems. I couldn't drive you, fly you, walk you, or run from anywhere to anywhere else. I've just spent the last 15 years since my selection practicing the moon run. Every day. All day. I even know how to touch down just using my mouth on the controls and other unusual body parts combinations. Most scenarios troubleshooted and played through. Apart from this one. Apart from this one. Must have been a bit boring just doing that for 15 years. Had purpose. Us humans love purpose. (laughs) Weak humans. I knew what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. How many people could say that? Purpose is, is life. Is it? People are weak. Purpose is useless. Kill the lot of them and cyborg them all, I say. A power-up. Upgrade. When we get back to Earth, I'll... Back? Back? Oh, no, 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 no. No. There's no fuel for coming back, Davilo. It's a one-way trip. I had it all worked out for this one-way trip. I was just going to retire on the moon. Moon tire. Sit back and relax and enjoy the view of the Earth from afar and... Be a pioneer. Read all there is to read, watch all there is to watch, and listen to audio fiction. The first permanent moon residents. Moosidents? Moonidents? Moonies? Maybe, after dark. But listen, Doreen, I'm worried. I, I, I don't know how to harvest the foods, or put up the living quarters, or reboot the Wi-Fi on the moon. Core tasks. Hmm. Well, what do you think you'll achieve with taking this ship on this one-way trip? How are we going to survive once we're there? Where will we live? Where? Huh? You devil. Devilo, my dear. You rhyming monster. Doreen shut the round window blind and slowly walked back to Dave, the one cyber leg whirring and clicking with every step. She stopped in front of astronaut Dave in the chair, 
ran one black shiny red-nailed cyberfinger along the top of his head, down the side of his face and under his chin, and lifted his face close to hers. Astro Dave flinched at the close-up sight of the working nanobots cleaning and buzzing round her mouth. This, my dear boy, is a Devilo family takeover. We will claim the moon as our domain and control whatever and whosoever lands there, visits, builds, or lives there from now and forevermore. Quoth ye. Did I? And you, little puny human, will do exactly as you are told. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I just. I was... Oh, hello. You see it now, Astro Dave. Dave? Dave? Oh, for goodness sakes. Uh, has he fainted or, or is he sleepy? A little of both, my see-through friend. Well, well, well. Three holes in the ground. Oh, was that a pun? No, it's just the way I'm floating. Oh. I'm so excited to meet you. I, I was listening outside. You seem like fun, but you shut the blind, so I thought I'd pop in here. <laughs> so, let's... Play. Um, hide and seek. Shut your eyes. Count to ten. Bye. And with a whoosh, ghost in space whizzed through a few space rocket walls up and out of the spinning Solaris 7. Circled it three times in excitement, blew a raspberry at planet Earth, and whizzed back into the ship again, finding themselves in the most curious bunk room indeed. <sighs> this is the most curious bunk room indeed. The metallic blue walls and purple riveted ceilings were covered with documents nail-gunned to the walls, and black light illuminated the writing and many a strange calculation. There were newspaper articles of interest. Got closer to read them. Ghost found in abandoned warehouse. Davido call buys warehouses. Ghosts vanish. What's this one? Ghost power conversion. Make your cybernetics thrum with the Velo brand ghost powered ectoplasm. The door to the quarters buzzed. Whizzed to hide against a large poster of a ghost with a red line through it. Doreen entered the room. Where is it? Where is it? Uh Doreen picked up a strange box like machine and flipped a switch. Two round green orbs started to spin out of the side of it, and a whole console of different coloured lights lit up the top. It started to blip, and the blips got faster and faster and... Stupid thing! Dorin hit the machine a few times with her human hand, but the blips just got faster and faster. Dorin tutted and went back over to the desk, covered in papers, from where they were floating in front of the poster. Could see a small rectangular certificate get dislodged from the top of the pile as Doreen hunted for something. They could just about make out the wording on the certificate in spiky silver letters, and it took all their strength not to make the sound of shock and worry. The words on the certificate read Doreen Davilo, Ghost Hunter. Suddenly, a huge alarm sound flooded the room. Proximity alarm. Proximity alarm. Proximity Dash it, computer. Alarm. What is in proximity? Dash it. Computer, initiate landing protocol. There is no landing protocol. Only Dave. Dash it. Computer, Dave, status. Dave, 
Dash it. Computer, wake days. One minute to impair. One minute to impair. One minute to impair. Dash it, I don't have time to suit up. Could I survive in space? Hmm. I'm mostly cyber. Should be okay, I guess. The whole internal ship was flashing red. The alarm was pinging. The ship was heaving and hurtling and holding the driven destination path it had been told to hold. Watched Doreen exit the room and slid up the wall and up onto the ceiling and out, following her from a safe distance. The machine she was holding still pinging vibrantly. She went straight to the rear airlock, put on one helmet with oxy attach, attaching it all to her cyber body with a laser from her pointing finger. That should do it. Bye, Dave. She pressed the button, twirled the door wheel, scanned the helmet barcode and the airlock opened to a small room. The door shut to the room and watched her open the outer bay door and jump and float, struggle a bit, get hit by a passing stray off-orbit satellite, recover from that, get hit by an old stationary moon probe on the head and lose consciousness. Wow, what a day. The ship was in a Mach 1 collision course with the moon. With the astronaut Dave was helpless, they whizzed to the flight deck and started to try everything they could to wake up Dave. They wriggled and jiggled in front of him, tried to tickle his toes, tried to shout very loudly, but nothing could be heard over the nose dive of the rocket ship as it came close to a hundred miles from the moon's surface. Then it had a crazy idea. <laughs> did what they did best and decided to mischievously haunt Dave. From the inside, it squeezed in through his left ear and into his brain, tickled by firing synapses and brain activity. Shrunk itself and held hands with one particularly friendly synapse that looked quite a lovely shade of teal and a major league synapse that looked like it was the boss of brain messages. I do hope this works, he said, and then started to speak. Dave! Wake up, Dave! Wake up, shake up, gotta eat your cake up, wake up, wake up, Dave. Alright. Uh, sort of worked. A little hologram of Dave appeared in front of and said, Hello. Um, where's the cake? Well, I'm not sure, but if you land this spaceship, we can make some. Manage. You need to land this spaceship. It's, uh, yeah, it's crashing. Doreen has abandoned ship and is floating off in space somewhere. If you don't land this ship, well, you won't get that retirement like you wanted. Ah. Red alert! Action! Dave is in peril! All systems fire warning! We must wake up, no matter what, or we won't wake again! Is that what you mean? Said little Dave to... Ah, I, uh... I had a word with limb control and it appears we are tied to a chair. On the flight deck. No hope of release. Then... Then this calls for a mouth control landing. It's what you've trained for. I know. I listened. Dave can do it. Get him roused. Little Dave saluted. And disappeared in a pop. What then seemed like a hundred thoughts passed through them. Where am I? What's that? Why am I tied to this chair? Red alert! I can't 
The rocket ship retro boosters flamed into action, and the parachute's parachute shot out of the back of the rotating stern at hundreds of miles per hour. The momentum increased, and then more jets started to spark to life, controlled by Dave's brilliant precision landing training. He started to float a bit off his chair as the gravity engine groaned under the pressure of the sudden full stop. For Dave, it felt like his brain was going to come out of his head with the force of the abrupt engine all stop. At the same time, this momentum change catapulted... Directly into a core memory. Dave training on the mouth landing machine. His instructor saying, Don't forget to leave off the brakes at the last five seconds, then stab them for all they're worth. Then, <laughs> was thrown by force into another core memory as the deceleration kicked in with force. This one was a really fun fairground ride that whizzed around and round and round until you got stuck to the walls. Dave had come on the ride with his mum and some candy floss. Well, he was seven and refused to let go of the candy floss. The ride started up and as it got quicker and quicker, the candy floss got closer and closer to his face until he was wiping it all across his face, up his nose, across his forehead, in his mouth and couldn't do a thing to stop it. Jerk quickly out of that memory into the main core brain processor unit. There are lots of little Daves here in blue shorts and white t-shirts. Centrifugal force. If I can control that, I've got a chance. Coordinate lens to 10. Dexterity up to 100. We're too close to the moon, surface. Elevate the starboard prong. We're going down. I had a thought. A thing so brilliant it might just work to save Dave. Uh, eat the gaffer, Nano. It'll protect your insides. Try it. It's your only chance of survival. There was an almighty bang and crash and wang, chung and chung, ping, ping, ping noise. From afar, the rocket ship looked like it would slam into the moon's surface. But at the last minute, spam. It span so fast it could hardly be seen, whirling moon dust high, high up into the air. A distant figure, shining black and red, also entered the slight moon atmosphere and landed with no audible thud from a distance, anyway. And then, silence. There was at least ten minutes of no words, no human, no not much, other than the pings and settling of metal and engine and life support. Dave woke. <laughs> His mouth felt like he'd drunk all the dirty bathwater of the world. Ugh. His tummy and legs and arms hurt, but 
he could think, he could breathe. Hello. So, popping up in front of him from somewhere in his ear. Uh, are you okay? Define okay. His voice echoed in his bones a thousand times. Uh, I think you need to get out of here. Um, the suits are unharmed. Come on. Astronaut Dave felt strange. He felt like he didn't even need a suit. He opened the airlock, closed the inner door, didn't even put on a helmet. He smiled at himself in the window of the outer airlock and saw, to his shock, a good number of nanobots weaving in and out of his teeth, all still intact. The outer door opened. He felt a little cold. Then... Nanos crawled on his skin, on his face, in his brain, reconnecting, reinvigorating, restoring. I'm fine. He was fine. He jumped from the ship to the moon's surface. This is living. We shouted. I live. And he said the biggest woohoo ever heard on the moon. Then stopped. Then stared. Two legs stuck out from underneath the half-crushed, ticking ship. One black and red, one human. A hand held what Dave looked down to see was called a Ghost Hunter 3000. And it was blipping very, very hard. Dave took it in his hand and pointed it at... It went bonkers. He pointed it at himself. It went quiet. He pointed it at the black and red cyber leg, and it went crazy. Hmm. Dave laughed. <laughs> Can it be true? An eternal playmate for me, really, really? Before their very eyes, Ghost Doreen. stood up, brushed herself off and looked at the and at Dave and at the blipping machine and swore very loudly in French twice. No. No. <laughs> this was the start of many a moon adventure for Astronaut Dave and the Ghosts in Space! Thank you so much for listening to Bogies and Ghoulies Ghosts in Space! By me, Sarah Golding. Hello. I really hope you've enjoyed that, and if you want the story to continue, well, let me know. Quirkyvoices at gmail.com. I can't wait to write some more for Ghost Doreen. How do you think she's going to get along, really, with <laughs> with Ghost in Space? I mean, just the adventures are endless, surely. Last one to the American flag smells of food. No! And astronaut Dave, what's going on with him? I mean, could he survive on the moon? What about the people of Earth? Do they know what's happening with this ghost cyber invasion of the moon? It's all kicking off. <laughs> anyway, I'd love to have any of your pictures of any of these characters or events herein. And if you'd like to send me something, ping it to quirkyvoices at gmail.com. I really hope you're having a happy Halloween time. And if you want to write me any stories about ghosts in space, do. I love stories. I love making them and working with people like Fiona and Robert to make them come to your ears.
Have fun and don't forget to listen to the other Bogies and Ghoulies adventures. Some are scary, some are silly, and all of them this year are from my brain. Happy Halloween! I don't love a t-shirt.